0: Hello, guys and friends, and welcome on into episode 161 of The Sco Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for tonight, late on Monday night, December 28th, 2020, and I know with a loss, I'm supposed to do the sad music and all that stuff, but it really, what's the point? And really, what's the point is going to be, I guess... The title of this episode um, Patriots just getting blown out, run out the gym um, on Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. What was the score? What was that scene from Major League? What does it matter? The hell with it. Bob Euchre style. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Score doesn't matter tonight. We're going to get into this game. We're going to get into what to expect in week 17, what we want to see in week 17. Uh, before we do all that, your usual reminders here at the outset. Follow along with the hijinks on the Bird app, at Mark Schofield. Check out the work, Touchdown Wire, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green. You know all this stuff by now. Really? What does it matter? And I, I want to start here. I love the movie Love Actually, okay? I absolutely adore the movie Love Actually. It, it, it's one of my... And I know that, like, every holiday season, there's, like, 15 think pieces on how Love Actually is really a bad movie. And, you know, some of the characters are just really awful. I love the movie, okay? I'm a softie at heart. I love Love Actually. I do. I do. And early in the game on Monday night, the graphics people at ESPN thought it would be great to do a little spin on Love Actually with Tom Brady cartoonish Tom Brady sort of answering the door and Bill Belichick using the cue cards and doing the whole thing like from the movie and it was one of the worst things I've ever seen and generally speaking as much as ESPN's Monday Night Crew is great I love Greasy I love Lewis Reddick, Steve Levy is fantastic going between the two of them the graphics leave a a lot to be desired they just do and even though I love act Love Actually and even though that was horrific as a fan of that movie to see. It still wasn't the worst thing I saw on Monday night. It's really a three-item race between the absolute woeful ineptitude of suck that is the Patriots passing game right now. The confounding moment early in the second half when the Bills were just getting 10 yards of pop on smoke screens when I just wanted to be fired into the sun. Or whether it was punting on 4th and 4 down 31 to 9 because it's clear that nothing matters. Eat at Arby's. It's been fun. But there's like a three-way tie for the worst than I saw on Monday night. On a night when they busted out that Love Actually graphic. Where do you want to start with this? Where can you start with this? Really, what does it even matter? Because the defense was bad. Buffalo had five possessions in the first half, four scoring drives and a kneel down. But the problem with the defense is they have to be perfect because the offense is so bad. And as we've said, I don't know how many times this year. There is absolutely no margin for error. None. Period. Zilch. And you heard Brian Greasy say it. I guess Greasy listens to the pod. Because I've said that hundreds of times this year. There's no margin for error. None. When 1st and 10 becomes 2nd and 14, forget it. Might as well punt on 2nd down because Bailey's probably your best player right now. And the perfect way to sum it up, New England's open and drive. You're moving the ball with tempo. You're moving the ball well. Sonny Michel's getting north-south. You get the nice toss play to the left. Josh McDaniels dials up. The double throw, we get the toss, the throw back to Newton. Damier Bird on the crosser, he's open. Newton puts it on him and he drops it. And they have to settle for three. It could have been 7-0, they had to settle for three. It looks like they're going to tie it at 10. Cam Newton with a great athletic play. Yes, he's slowing on a read, doesn't pull the trigger when he should, pulls it down, escapes from a sack. Jukes Edmonds in the open field. It's looking like vintage Cam. Looking like you're going to have a tie game. And they missed the extra point when Nick Folk, who's probably your most consistent offensive player right now, misses a PAT. It's just bad right now. It's just bad. And to that point, John Ellis, who has been on this show before, who covers the Carolina Panthers for Blue Wire, obviously he... Spends a lot of time dealing with Panthers fans about their quarterback position and Cam Newton. And he was talking during the game on Twitter about how you know, things are bad in New England. And I just tweeted him a clip from a few good men when Tom Cruise's character just gets some bad news from Kevin Bacon's character and just screams out, you're a lousy bleeping softball player, Jack. And it makes absolutely no sense. But I tweeted him that clip because I'm like, this is what I feel like I have to say right now. Something that absolutely has no bearing on reality, but I just got to lash out at something because the defense was bad, the offense was bad, everything is bad. They even screwed up a challenge that had Bill Belichick throwing a phone in fury. Maybe Ernie Adams is now getting yelled at. It's all bad. And they brought in Jared Stidham. They brought in Jared Stidham in the second half of this game, and you saw the result. He like one hopped his first throw, almost threw a pick six on the second one. Now, there was a rough in the passer penalty, so he survived it. He had a miscommunication on a route into Keel Harry. It's all bad. And when it's all bad, there are no easy answers. Again, something we've said over and over again. In over before. And as much as I'd love to sit here and say, look, they draft Kyle Pitts at 15 overall, it's all going to be fixed. I can't guarantee that. I would love to see it. I'm already pre-sad that they won't. I'm going to try to speak into existence as I'm sitting here right now working on my first mock draft of the season. I'm going to do everything I can to speak it into existence, it's 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 not going to be the ultimate fix. Is Stidham the answer? I don't know. Is Newton the answer? That I mean, no. Could he be in two thousand and one? Maybe. Do I still think he's probably the week one starter? Yeah. Do I know how long he's going to stay there? If he is the week one starter, no. I'm having a flashback to a Week 16 show I did after the New England Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills in 2018 when I said, this passing game's not good enough. Now, they went on to win a Super Bowl last year, and clearly that's not happening this year. But this passing game's not good enough. And we know it. And how do you fix it? Well, the offensive line isn't the issue. Receivers, tight end, quarterback, they are. They got to get it all right this offseason. And how do you get it all right? Well, you've got cap space. You've got draft capital. You better nail it. You better better rethink the outside receiver position and how you evaluate that. I will say it till I'm blue in the face. But there's also something else that I need to see them get right. And we're going to talk about that next here on episode whatever it is on a really it doesn't matter episode. Of the SCO show. Mark Schofield back with you now on a Really What Does It Matter episode of the SCO show. And I know that's a great selling point for a podcast. Like, hey, come listen to an episode titled Really What Does It Matter? But that's where we're at with the 2020 New England Patriots. And of course, it makes matters worse when we're forced to now watch. Josh Allen have this freaking guy moment after this freaking guy moment. I mean whether it was the touchdown to Diggs on the cross when he can't step into the throw and gets blasted and just flicks it and it's a rope on a on the absolute money or the touchdown, you know, in the fourth quarter when he rolls out to his left and somehow creates enough space and then puts a throw in near the turf that Diggs digs digs out of the turf for a touchdown like it, it the situation is not improved when we're forced to see that. And yes, my DMs right now are filled with messages such as the one I literally just got. Something, something when the bill comes due in response to one of my many just angsty tweets from the night. Um. But there's a lesson in the whole Josh Allen, Justin Herbert situation, which is this. And Greasy and... Riddick got into it a little bit in the second half of the game. You know, when they made the move to Stidham, what's the record of quarterback development in New England? Now, obviously, look, you had Tom Brady, and that was all you needed. But looking at this roster right now, and they just lost their quarterback coach, they don't really have a track record of development. Josh McDaniels, they mentioned it. Tim Tebow was the guy that he picked when he had the opportunity to do so, and you saw how that went. And so that is, I think, beyond what they decide to do at the quarterback position this offseason, the who and the what, I want to talk for a minute as nothing matters. About the how. I want to talk about the how. I don't want to talk about some of the lessons that we've already touched upon from Justin Herbert. We talked about that last week. Some of the lessons from Josh Allen, lessons from guys like Dwayne Haskins, who obviously had his own set of problems, um, but some of the flaws we've seen with younger quarterbacks. And I want to talk about the quarterback po- coach position because. The how of the quarterback position in 2021 and beyond might be more important than the who, might be more important than the what, the how. How they go about developing the quarterback for 2021 and beyond, whether it's Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, me, Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, whomever. How. The how is more important. Than the who. Look back through recent drafts. There were a couple of tweets that floated around the timeline on Monday, on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. You know, you look at guys like Haskins and Rosen and guys that people thought were surefire guys, golf, Wentz even. If you don't have it in place, Around them. It's not going to work. It doesn't matter who it is. It has to be somebody transcendent. To go above and beyond that. You need to have the right structure in place. So they have to. Get that quarterback coach. hire right. Somebody with a proven track record. Of quarterback development. And Now. A name that I am trying to link to various offensive coordinator, head coach, and even gigs is Pep Hamilton, the current quarterback coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Lynn. I don't know if they're going to fire Anthony Lynn. And if they do, if they promote St. Shane Steechan, the offensive coordinator, if they promote Pep Hamilton, if Pep Hamilton doesn't get like a head coaching gig or an offensive coordinator gig, You need to back up the Brinks truck to his house right now and say, look, you got it done with Justin Herbert. Will you be the quarterback coach, quarterback coach, pass a game, whatever it takes to get him to New England? And if not him, somebody else that has a proven track record of quarterback development. Because right now, that's a huge question in my mind. Again, whether it's Cam Newton or Jared Stidham or whomever, How are you going to develop that guy? You know, you could look at some of the other names that are around the league, some of the hot sort of coaching commodities out there. Would Mike LaFleur, brother of Matt LaFleur, he's a passing game coordinator, with the San Francisco 49ers, would he take a quarterback's coach gig? Mike Kafka... Currently with the Chiefs. He's been getting some like head coaching buzz. Could you pry him away from the Chiefs? What about some of the guys that are out of the league right now but have done some of that coaching? You know, Trent Dilfer, for example, John Kidna. You need somebody in that role to handle the quarterback development side because that is a huge piece for the New England Patriots right now. And yes, there are lessons. You need continuity. You need somebody that's going to be there for a while. You need continuity in the offense. You need continuity from the organization. You need buy-in from the organization. Whoever you decide that that person is going to be, you know, the quarterback in 2021 and beyond. You need everybody pulling in the same direction. You know, when you look at you know the Dwayne Haskins situation, it's not a one-to-one comparison because obviously he had some issues. Some maturity issues and things like that that are starting to bubble to the surface in the wake of his release. But Ryan Day, his one year at Oregon State or Ohio State, then you know Jay Gruden's offense, and now this year was you know Scott Turner's offense. Three offenses in three years, like that's never a good sign for a young quarterback's development. You have sort of a regime change where you know Jay Gruden is his coach, and then he's gone, and now Ron Rivera comes in, and he didn't draft Haskins, and we're hearing that it was ownership who basically said, look, you're drafting this guy. You know, that's a problem. You know, that won't be a situation, obviously, in New England because we have continuity there from ownership on down. Everybody's sort of moving in the same direction. But it's that quarterback-coach component to this, the sort of the how of the quarterback development issue that isn't going to get as much attention, I think, in the next couple of weeks because – Everybody's going to talk about the who, right? Who's the quarterback going to be? What are they going to do with quarterback? The who and the what is going to be the big question. But I want people to take a step back. We've talked a little bit about quarterback scouting last week. You know, we threw out a couple of names to scout. People are going to be debating for weeks, you know, who should the quarterback be? And I get it. But don't focus on the how of the development process here because you are got to get the quarterback component right. And we might think it's all a matter of picking the right person. It's a matter of then developing that person the right way. And as excited as some of us might be to have a quarterback draft cycle and maybe draft a quarterback and see that person develop or maybe just backing up money. Look, if you back up the brink struck to Dak Prescott, I don't think you need to worry about it that much in terms of who the quarterback coach is. But if it's going to be Cam or if it's going to be Stidham or somebody else that's coming from the college game this Draft cycle, you've got to get the regime in place. I look at the Carson Wentz example, and I've brought it up before. But when they drafted him, you had Doug Peterson as a head coach, Frank Reich as an offensive coordinator, and John D. Filippo as a quarterback coach. Three people who have either played the position or coached the position with at least some record of handling quarterbacks and putting them in a position to be successful. And Wentz was at his best when he had those three guys around him. And then Wright goes to Indy, Flip goes to Minnesota, and it starts to fall apart for him. And maybe there's other stuff going on about Wentz and Philly that will come out eventually, but the how. The how matters at the quarterback position. And there's time to talk about the what, there's time to talk about the who, and we're going to get into all of that. But the how. Getting the structure in place around the next quarterback of the New England Patriots is just as, if not more so important than who that person is going to be. So as 2020 becomes 2021 and we look to the future of this team and we start thinking about what the answers are, because there are questions all over the place. You know, this has been a quarterback-heavy show because that's the thing that people are going to talk about. But there are questions at receiver. There are questions at tight end. There are a couple of questions about depth on the offensive line. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about on the defense that, frankly, I just don't have the stomach for right now. But the how of the quarterback development piece, don't neglect that as we start thinking about 2021. In my mind, it's just as, if not more important than the who and the what. So that's our last like sort of regular type of show for 2020. As I said, I'm going to do one more mailbag. Um, and I really sort of want this to be football plus like life stuff, whatever, real world stuff. I get people DMing me. I know that there's somebody in my DMs right now. I know you're going to be listening to the show, Tom. I know I owe you a DM. I'm going to hit you up later this week. Um, you know, life advice, working in this industry, questions like that questions about my old life, whatever. Um, you know, like I said last week, 2020 has been, it's been some kind of year and it's been a struggle for people. And I know people are hurting, people are down, people are struggling. Um, and if there's anything I can do to help, reach out, questions, whatever, you know, the, the floor is yours, as they say, for the final show of 2021. That will drop um, New Year's Eve. December 31st. So I'm going to be begging you people for questions, sort of off topic, um, because I want to talk about something else other than the New England Patriots of 2020 right now. To end this season, to end this year. Not end this season. Maybe we'll see Jared Stidham next week. Who knows? Who cares? Nothing matters. Eater Dabbies. That will do it for tonight. I need to go to bed. It's been a very long day. I will be back Thursday. Until then, friends, stay safe. Check in on your loved ones. Um, wash those hands. And when you do, sing along and bless those Patriots. Man down the floor.